0: Bullshit! What's a Pittsburgh guy praising the New England Patriots for? It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich, CEO and founder of Mass Solutions, your no-bullshit marketing firm. With the book by Jeff Benedict, The Dynasty, about the New England Patriots' amazing run of the last 18 years... I have a lot to say because the book really showcases the leadership, communication, vision, and perseverance of the three main characters of the Patriots' story, those being Bob Kraft, the owner, Bill Belichick, the coach, and Tom Brady, the quarterback. Before I get into the details of the dynasty. a quick summary of the dynasty by Jeff Benedict. I want to talk about one of the theories or things that I've talked about over the years. And that is that when it came to the NFL, there was a shift in the mid eighties and into the mid nineties. And then we saw in the two thousands, it all come to fruition. And it really comes down to the name bill B I L L bill, because there were, four main Bill characters from about 1980 to today, and their contrasting styles tell a lot about leadership and vision and what I believe wins out. And I felt this way back when this was going on. There was a a battle between Bill Walsh of the San Francisco 49ers and Bill Parcells of the New York Giants and then later the New England Patriots, and New York Jets. And prior to Bill Walsh, most of the football coaching mindset was more like Bill Parcells. It was a tough smash mile football was the term, and there was a lot more of the running game, hitting, and there was less of the cerebral. There was a lot of the mind games, the negative uh, reinforcement, if you will, the playing through pain, the whole tough guy mindset. And what happened was Bill Walsh ended up taking a cerebral approach, much more than had ever been seen to that time. And Bill Walsh started the passing game style, the West Coast offense that became pervasive. And you still see a lot of that today as well. And there are a number of other coaches. I'm simplifying this. Because Marv Levy started really the uh, the quick no huddle offense with the Buffalo Bills, and and there's great coaches throughout. But I'm giving this example because these four guys with the same first name had these battles, and all four were hugely successful. But two happened to be more successful, and Bill Walsh was the more successful when it came to Bill Parcells and Bill Walsh. Although both are great hall of fame coaches so bill parcells was smash mouth football and bill walsh was cerebral football well then here in pittsburgh we landed a guy who was more of the bill parcells mold and his name was bill cowher and he also was known for his screaming and spitting and his tirades and and you know I can say this I never once saw Bill Cower admit that he could have done anything differently or better and and that's another big difference between the cerebral approach and the old style approach is vulnerability and the vast majority of humans really struggle with admitting that they made a mistake and admitting that they could have done better and I used to watch press conferences and even worked in the media back then and Bill Cower could not even come close to admitting it. Even if it was so blatantly true, he would just he would just fib. He just would not tell the truth, and he would say that it wasn't incorrect. Now, that being said, he had so many other great traits, and every coach is going to have weaknesses, and Bill Cowher's strengths far outweighed his weaknesses, and he's a good person, just a tremendous father, and, and he's a pretty good commentator, so I'm not here bashing Bill Cowher. He's a Hall of Famer. He's very, very good, and uh, And we were lucky to have him. It's just the difference between a Bill Walsh, Bill Parcells, Bill Cowher, Bill Belichick. And so in the early going, Bill Cowher's teams had their way with Bill Belichick's teams. When Bill Belichick was in Cleveland, it was Cowher's teams won eight games to Belichick's three. And then when he didn't have Tom Brady with Drew Bledsoe, I think it might have been two Twins to one loss for Bill Cowher, but as soon as they got Tom Brady, uh, that changed. So Bill Belichick took the cerebral approach as well. And the Bill Belichick story is just an amazing one. So as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan my entire life, some of my fondest memories are of, as a young kid, my brother and I watching the Steelers games with my dad and how the build up all week and the talks we would have. Then in high school and college, beginning to watch the games with my friends, my roommates, a couple of them, Sam and and Juice, uh, watched a ton of Steelers games in uh, roughshod, nasty uh, apartments and houses. And then once you became of legal drinking age uh, in the 20s, just a ton of fun. So as a dad watching with my sons, the Steelers are a big part of my life. So I, I know I'll get some flack from some friends and One of my friends is a big New England Patriot fan, the president of MECO, Marking and Traceability, a former guest of the podcast, Dave Sweet. He'll be so happy. So Dave Sweet will be excited to hear me talking positively about the Patriots. But that's the thing. You have to be able to acknowledge leadership and to be able to acknowledge greatness. And that's what the Patriots had and and, and saw through the, the 18 years of this dynasty. So the Belichick story ties into the dynasty and ties back to Parcells. Why does this matter to no bullshit marketing listeners? Because the show is about leadership and communication. And I believe the dynasty of the New England Patriots is about leadership and communication. And Jeff Benedict's book, if you are a sports fan or if you're a leadership fan or if you're a communications fan, if you work in leadership and you work as a communicator, which is most Leaders have to be communicators. And if you work in marketing and you tell stories, this book is worth the read because it's not about you liking or disliking the Patriots. Or it's not about you even liking or disliking football. It's about leadership, communication, vision, perseverance. So let's jump in to the Jeff Benedict story about the dynasty If you're a Patriots fan, you know all this stuff, just like as a Steelers fan, I know all the backstories about the Steelers, but I probably heard some of these stories in the past about the Patriots, but I didn't know in detail as much as I quickly learned in this book. So Bob Kraft, I want to start off by talking about vision, because his vision as a business leader is why the Patriots dynasty happened. He had the vision when he started at one company to see that he needed to shift to meet a customer need into another company. He grew that company and became wealthy. He was always interested in the Patriots, was a season ticket holder, had the same philosophy as many of us out there. Like my dad watched games with me and we were always all about the Steelers. Bob Kraft had season tickets and always took his sons to the Patriots game. I can relate to that. I'm taking my sons to NBA games, to Steelers games, to all kinds of events. And he had the vision. He knew that he wanted to have a chance to buy the Patriots. And when the longtime owners, the Sullivan's, were thinking of selling, he made a pitch. And um, he didn't get the chance. But he did see that he did a bunch of research and saw that the stadium and the parking lots uh, were up for management. And he was able to parlay that by having the rights to the stadium and the parking lots. So if you think about it, that's where the money is made on concessions and parking and so forth. So when the Patriots sold to Victor Kayum, who was the uh, razor guy, he had a brief lousy tenure because of an absence of leadership and poor communication while with the Patriots. It doesn't mean he didn't do amazing things in his life. He might have been fantastic. I don't read his story enough. I just know he became a multimillionaire, so financially he was a huge success. And he grew a company, so he obviously was able to lead. But when he was with the Patriots, Victor Kayim didn't read that contract well enough. And there's a story in the book, The Dynasty, about how he came to a Patriots game. And he was in his coat and and dressed up. And the stadium was such a mess that mustard came down through the stadium seats above him. And water splashed on his head when he's walking down to meet with... Kraft, and he told Kraft, this deal is not fair. We have to have a new contract. And Kraft said, we have a contract. You should have read that contract. Well, that's what led to Kayyem to not make enough money, and he had to sell to Bob Kraft. So he was an astute business person who was a leader and had the vision. So that's just the start of the book, The Dynasty, because Kraft showed leadership throughout the entire time that he owned that team. But back to Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. So the Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick story for non-fans is that Bill Parcells became the head coach of the New York Giants who hadn't won in a long time. Bill Belichick was his top defensive guru. The two of them were together. They won two Super Bowls in dramatic fashion, and Bill Parcells became a legend. He decided to uh, retire, and right as he had retired, Bill Belichick had taken the job with the Cleveland Browns, Actually did pretty well, but they were moving the team, and his last year there ended up being a disaster, and he got fired. Well, just then Parcells decided to come back and coach the New England Patriots. He brings Belichick with him. So Parcells had this stubborn, old school style where the way he treated people was abrasive. He didn't want the owner in the locker room necessarily. So he and Bob Kraft had battles. And where Bob Kraft showed that leadership and that communication, that vision, that perseverance was he knew that he didn't know the ownership mindset yet. And he knew that Parcells was one of the best coaches. There aren't many good coaches in any of these professional sports. It's actually amazing that there are so few good ones. So when he had a Parcells, he had to keep him and learn from him, but he was strong enough to be clear with his communication and let Parcells know that things had to change. Well, right before Parcells leads the team to a Super Bowl, the week of the Super Bowl, Parcells announces he's going to leave the Patriots. Now imagine this. Kraft ends up interviewing Belichick, says it's not the right time. He hires uh, Pete Carroll. So Pete Carroll, who went on to USC and then the Seahawks, uh, and it doesn't work out. The perseverance and the vision, Belichick knew that his vision for to change from the old style of coaching, to change from the smash mouth totally. doesn't mean he doesn't believe in hard hits. It means he was thinking cerebrally and how you planned and how you prepped. And Parcells realized while he was, Belichick realized while he went back with Parcells to the New York Jets, that maybe this wasn't the way to go. And Parcells then found out that they fired Pete Carroll And the Patriots asked for permission to interview Belichick. And Parcells didn't tell Belichick, immediately resigns and says Belichick's now the head coach of the Jets. Belichick famously stayed only, I think, six days and then resigned because he then met with Kraft. And Kraft had had the vision to say, years ago, it wasn't the right timing, but now it is. Where is all this going? So it was a completely different mindset by Belichick. He is so much more detailed. In fact, I'm going to go to the book to get this story because I can really relate to this as my assistant coaches, my assistant basketball coaches over the decades of my coaching made fun of me in this same way. One of Bill Belichick's nicknames was Doom, D-O-O-M, Doom. Bill Parcells had given it to him when Belichick was his defensive coordinator for the Giants. Well, we used to call him Doom because every time he walked around, it was the end of the world. Ex-Giants linebacker Lawrence Taylor said, Ah, you didn't make this play. You didn't make that play. You didn't go over here. It was the end of the world. The nickname fit Belichick's dour demeanor, which fed into his tendency to focus on and prepare for scenarios that most coaches overlooked. That's part of his greatness. I can relate to it at a very minute, small, tiny level in that my assistant coaches used to say, you're always trying to come up with these scenarios and then practice for them. Well, what I wanted to do as a coach and what I want to do as a leader at my company is prepare people for multiple scenarios so that they can respond and so that they have had some ideas of what might happen. And you can practice and prep so you can respond, whether it's a sporting event, whether it's a marketing company, whether it's a manufacturer. And I've been teased about this both in the business place and in the basketball setting as a coach. And I'll take those lumps because it, it, it is negative sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I've got to get better and reduce that negative tinge, but the major emphasis of it is what is correct. And that's the principle of preparing and trying to look at potential scenarios that can happen and then practicing what you would do if that scenario would happen. So while some people interpret that as a negative and call it Bill Belichick doom, or some people around me have said, you're cynical or you're negative, or you got to stay more positive. That's not always the case. A lot of times that preparation, that vision is huge to the ability to achieve those kind of specifics and to win in sports and in life and in business. So that story about Bill Belichick rings true, but the differences between Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick and Bill Cower, and Bill Walsh and Bill Parcells with Bill Parcells and Bill Cower being similar, that smash mouth mentality, still great coaches, good people. But the two that are better, Bill Walsh, cerebral, and Bill Belichick, the greatest of all time, cerebral. And so they're able to apply that kind of leadership, the vision, the discipline, and the perseverance. That's the takeaway for you as a listener and viewer of the No Bullshit Marketing Show. This show is to help us all get better at leadership and communication. And leadership and communication come down to having that vision they come down to having the discipline. It goes way beyond Belichick saying do your job. When you read the book, you just see so many examples of his discipline and Tom Brady's discipline and Bob Kraft's discipline and their attention to detail, their perseverance, their eye for talent. These are all tied to how you can succeed personally with your career or as a leader or as the driver of a company. You can succeed by applying these. So if you're already applying them, great. Read the book because it's inspirational. And a big part of learning is confirmation that we're doing some things right. But the odds are you're not doing all of these things. So reading this book, whether you're a Patriots fan or a Patriots hater, is going to help you to think differently about leadership, about communication, about vision, about perseverance. Bill Parcells got forced out by Kraft because he had the courage to to make the tough decision and go against a leader and that was legendary. Bill Belichick told Bob Kraft before the first game of their first Super Bowl season, right after they had signed a 100 plus million dollar contract with Drew Bledsoe the quarterback. Belichick said if i were starting the best quarterback, it would be Tom Brady. This was before Bledsoe got hurt. So Belichick already saw that in Brady before Bledsoe got hurt in that second game of the year. And then he had the leadership to come back and say, I'm going with who I think is better and who helps the team more, which was a tough leadership call because you had just signed this big contract to, at that point, the most successful quarterback in the franchise's history. And he was pretty good, but he wasn't great. (laughs) He wasn't in that upper echelon of the greatest or or arguably the greatest. So these types of decision-making and the ability to see talent Rodney Harrison became a major player in the secondary for the Patriots in their second and third Super Bowls. And what happened was Belichick noticed during warmups the previous year when Harrison was still playing for San Diego that he started a fight with his teammate over something he didn't agree with during the warmup drill. Belichick called Harrison when he got cut and told him that story. Harrison was in L. Davis' office. sign a contract with the Raiders. He stepped out to take the call and Belichick told that story and said, I just want to tell you, I'd like you to be a part of this team. I just loved your fire and your attention to discipline and detail when you argued with the teammate during warmups. Now, imagine you being that player. I get chills if an opposing coach, because I can remember when opposing coaches said things to me and they would tell you things about what you did. And I'm getting chills now remembering it. So Harrison had to be thinking, this guy noticed me doing something in warm-ups and thought he wanted me on his team. That's the kind of ability to I I judge for talent and I for talent that makes Bill Belichick unique. So all three of them, Brady, Belichick, and Kraft, are amazingly successful, and it's because of their leadership, it's because of their ability to judge talent, it's because of their discipline, their work ethic, and their perseverance. And this book, The Dynasty by Jeff Benedict, is way beyond sports, and it's way beyond whether I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, which I am, or whether someone hates the Patriots or loves the Patriots. It's a great book about leadership, about communication, and about success. I hope you enjoyed another episode of the No Bullshit Marketing Show. Remember, ask yourself what's the big idea and build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.